I think the thing about an action step is, is that, you know, if, if you're evaluating your inner circle, then what you ultimately decide is um, who, who's around you and why are they there kind of thing. I think a lot of pastors that I talk to don't have anyone around them, so they tend to get lonely. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're replying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Happy New Year, Justin. Hey, Happy New Year, Tony. 2022. Man, I never thought we'd get past 2020. Sometimes I still think it is 2020, but I love it and I'm glad to be here. Uh, random question of the week. Tell me what you do with the resolution debate. Are you in for resolutions? Are you out? Are you doing a bunch of New Year stuff? Yeah, I do not do resolutions. Uh, I've done them in the past and uh, most of the time they didn't work. So what I do now is more of uh, looking back and then thinking about um, what do I want 2022 to look like, right? So thinking about a goal or two and, you know, it's different from a resolution because I don't have to keep it the whole way, but I'm moving towards it. I love that. I think for me, um, I do like the year in review. And so um, oftentimes I'll write out kind of like, man, some of the things that went well, some of the things that uh, I'd like to improve on and see if, you know, similar to you, see if there's some disciplines that I need to change moving into the new year to help me achieve new results, that sort of thing. It's goes yeah. back to one of my favorite sentences. If you aren't dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. So I love it. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. And so speaking of onward and upward, let's talk a little bit about today's episode. We're talking about pastors moving into deep relationship with people in the church, right? Should pastors keep their distance from people in the church? And now, Justin, I know that you work with pastors all over the country. Um, I'm curious, right off the bat, um, what is your initial um, observation of the landscape of this question. Would most pastors say yes, or would most pastors say no? Uh, I think most most pastors would say yes, and most pastors are taught that in seminary, that they need to, to maintain some sort of uh, emotional, relational distance between them and the people in their church, uh, which you know, now that I've been doing this a while, it doesn't surprise me. But initially, that really, really surprised me uh, because I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Oh, it's interesting. So do you think that most pastors are avoiding it because of why? Huh. Yeah, I think um, they think it's wisdom, right, to avoid it. And they think it's wisdom because... Uh, keeping some emotional distance provides some protection for the pastor, um, not only emotionally and relationally, but also just in the church as as they lead. Um, they don't want to be looked at like they're playing favorites. Uh, they don't want to be looked at like um, there are some that get more of their attention and others that don't. And so I think that's a big part of the whole dynamic there of, you know, how close should a pastor get to the people that he's leading and loving? How how do you handle this, Tony? So what what's your take on it? You've 
been through seminary, if you've got your MDiv, um, was there any conversation around this when you were in school? Um, and what's been your take as you've interacted with pastors? Well, it's interesting, right? Because I, I would say that in seminary, we didn't talk it, about it much. But a lot of the pastors that mentored me as I was entering my lead pastor role warned me about getting too close to people. They specifically said, hey, you don't need to be friends with the people that you're trying to lead. And when we got into this dialogue, one of the things that became really clear is that um, the reason that that was the case is because eventually you're going to disappoint those people or eventually they're going to want to put you in a particular role or position. And now all of a sudden you can't be friend and pastor. And and I think mm-hmm. for me, like the, the really hard part about it is, is, um, you know, a, a pastor is so, a servant leader, right? Like Jesus modeled that we want to wash uh, our, our people's feet. But also one of the real issues in all of this is, you know, when you disappoint someone, what, what does that do to the relationship? And it's, it makes it, uh, it makes it a little bit of a, a different dilemma, you, you know, in terms of, of how that works. Sure. Yeah. I guess my pushback would be, so if we, if we disappoint anyone relationally, whether it's a neighbor, a coworker, a family member, um, that has potentially negative ramifications, potentially, um, you know, the outcome of disappointing others or not living up to their expectations of you uh, can not only destroy that relationship, but that can destroy relationships around it too. And so I can see that, you know, as far as a, a pastor wanting to prevent that in a church context on the one hand. But on the other hand, I think about what does it mean to really love people and what does it mean to disciple them through those sorts of relational challenges? Um, and I think that's kind of the tension that we're dealing with here, right? Is um, there's so many pastors and churches that that have had those sorts of situations and they didn't go well. And so they want to avoid them altogether. Is that, is that kind of your take on it too? Yeah, I think so. I, I also think that, um, I also think that sometimes in this dilemma, what ends up happening is, is um, most of the people in our churches don't have a great dialogue around what, what good, um, confrontation looks like, you know, like yeah. we haven't done, we haven't done that part of, of Christian walk well or, or c- Christian community well. And so what ends up happening is, is, um, so what ends up happening is like they, they get mad at the pastor. They never talk to us about it or they never talk to me about it in my, my particular case. So, yep. they, and then all of a sudden they go back to play people that I'm also serving who I maybe not as close with. And now all of a sudden they're sharing their disgruntledness with the entire flock. And, and what ends right. up happening is like uh, a cancer. And, and it's really hard because one of the things that I really don't want to do is disappoint people. And yet what ends up happening anytime you become friends with me at some point in our relationship, I'm going to disappoint you. And, and uh, you know, yeah. as, as now this becomes a therapy session for me, one of the things I've realized is that, um, man, I just don't want to be someone's total embodiment of the um, of Jesus or following Jesus or the church, you know, like 
Like that's a really tough spot. It's a really tough spot. Yeah. 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 Talk more about that. What do you mean by somebody's totally total embodiment of Jesus or following Jesus? Well, a lot of times people and, and the research supports this. People go to churches and stay at churches because of the pastor. Um, and when someone comes to church because of the pastor, then what ends up happening is they often leave the church because of the pastor. And so, man, I don't want to be the person um, who causes someone to leave the church because we were friends and then I didn't live up to their expectations. This happened to me recently um, at at Restoration and, and nobody's did this intentionally, but there was a friend who thought that I should have given them better pastoral care meaning I should have been more attentive to their needs while they were in the, the um, getting some tests and all these things. I didn't feel like that was expressed. They didn't, they didn't say, Hey, we could really use some extra prayer over here, or we could really use a visit, but they thought that I should have just known to visit them. And what ends up happening is they're really frustrated with me and I don't even know what I did wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of times people that have that experience with a pastor, I mean, that person sounds like communicated that with you in some way, but a lot of times that's not even done, right? People will just get hurt and then they'll leave and go somewhere else. And then they'll get hurt again and leave and go somewhere else. Or maybe they won't, maybe they'll find a pastor who's, who's keeping their distance and becoming what I would really consider a really professionalized relationship with their people. So they are going to do the care. They're going to write the cards or have their staff write cards. They're going to shake hands in the lobby on the way in, the way out. Um, And it's a, it's a form of relationship, but there's, there's no real depth of relationship there. And when pastors then leave a church or move around, then the relationships just almost transfer right? Because it's really easy for the next pastor to come in and play that role in somebody's life. But if you have a deep relationship with somebody where you're actually loving them and they're loving you, you're known by them, they're known by you, those sorts of relationships don't really transfer like that. Yeah, that's right. And, And I think one of the things that I've wrestled with as I've made disciples who can make disciples is that um, I've gone from playing a role as Pastor Shepherd to role as spiritual father. And so mm. when you get into that yeah. spiritual father role, then that's a di- much different role than um, Pastor Shepherd. Pastor Shepherd is a role, you know, and, and there are some people in the church who you're only ever going to be a pastored shepherd with. But to those people that, that I'm a spiritual father with, well, we've talked about some of those kind of um, discussions around disappointment, around expectations, around what, you know, what, what it is. And, and that kind of dissipates over time when you can get clear about the expectations, right? But, but then also as the pastor shepherd, I have to deal with my stuff too, you know, like my stuff in, in relationships, my willingness to put myself out there, my willingness to be authentic or vulnerable. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, what, what you're saying is in discipling and, and having that framework uh, for ministry, you are giving yourselves more to some than to others, giving yourself yeah. more to some than to others, just by nature of the fact that there's too many people to give yourself fully to everybody, right? It's not how relationships work. 
Um, but it reminds me, Tony, of First Thessalonians 2.8, uh, which Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. And, and he says to them, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. And so that verse kind of paints a picture of what does it look like to really to love those that you're ministering to well, right? They weren't just coming with a message. They were coming with themselves and their whole lives is what they were entrusting to the people that they were ministering to. And that's what fathers do, right? Fathers, mothers, um, family, we, we give ourselves to each other. We uh, don't hold things back for fear of getting hurt or fear of disappointing somebody. And that's a really hard thing to do. And I want to acknowledge that it, you know, pastors, if you're listening, church leaders, if you're listening, we're not suggesting this is an easy thing to do uh, because we do get hurt in relationships. And Tony, one thing I've heard you say before is there's no hurt like church hurt. Right. Right. And so there's just this, <clears throat> this messiness that comes sometimes with being in a network of relationships as we're pursuing Jesus together that, that it, we get hurt sometimes. And if we don't properly deal with that hurt, kind of what you said, Tony, then it's really hard to help others who are hurting in the same way. Yeah, I, I agree with, with that. And I, I think the, the processing, the hurt, and this is, this is important for any leader, not just pastors, right? If, if you're not dealing with the rough edges of your life, it will leak out into your leadership. And so when, when we begin to think about what's keeping us from loving people well, what's keeping us from living the life that Jesus lived, then I think one of the things that we really have to dive into is the pain, um, the anger, the resentment, the sin issues in our life. Like we're not just talking about like churches don't just fail because of moral failure. They fail because of um, relationship failures as well, right? Like, Hey, I'm, yeah. I don't have an ability to connect with you because I'm protecting myself. Well, what that tells me is that the leader and, and I'm very fortunate to have a really good counselor, but like the leader isn't doing the work of personal growth to examine, man, what, what is here? What's in my bag of church hurt? Cause you know, pastors have a little bit different bag than congregants, but what's yeah. in my bag of church hurt that is keeping me from loving my people well, or, or even just authentically or wholly. I, I, I don't want to put a connotation like there's a, a desired like bar that we have to hit. The truth is, is we just have to be willing to, to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking too. So most of our audience aren't pastors. We know that a fair number of them are, but you know, it's not just on the pastor, right? It's not just on the pastor to, love their people well, or to, to not intentionally keep a distance between them. But, you know, as church leaders, everyday folk in the church who um, are trying to love their pastor and trying to uh, care for them, part of what they need to do is to, um, to engage well relationally, yeah. but also to kind of watch how others are engaging the pastor, what they're saying about the pastor, how they are um, communicating met or unmet expectations uh, with regard to the pastor and helping helping others to see too, hey, this person is just a follower of Jesus like we are. You know, they're, they're not the anointed son of God or daughter of God just because they're a pastor um, any differently than the rest of us. And so we have to, um, we as church members uh, have to love the pastor well 
and help them process through and to shield them sometimes from some of that unmet expectations or unresolved conflict that they uh, find themselves in. Yeah, I think I think it's important for everyone to remember that you have something to add to that pastor's life relationally. Like you have a gift, you have a skill. There are people in the church who've been doing this. If you're a mature believer, if you're a mature follower, if you're a mature disciple, you have something that that pastor needs, right? And and that could be relationally, that could be connecting with them, that could be checking on him or her, um, but it could also be speaking out the 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 unrealistic or unspoken expectations that exist in the church and calling those out, right? That that's relationship work that is done when there's um, there's clear you know roles to be played. So I, you know there isn't anyone in the church who's exempt from their part in building relationships with the pastor. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really good, right? Because what I've seen in this work is that. Uh, a lot of pastors, a lot of churches don't know how to handle conflict well, and they tend to just try to avoid it and sweep it under the rug, right? And the result of that is um, a set of relationships that don't go deep, and they stay on the surface, and surface relationships aren't transformative. Uh, they're simply not. And so, Tony, um, one thing I'm sitting here thinking about is um, if you were to uh, talk with a pastor who said, yeah, you know, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, you got to understand that in a church, there's different power dynamics at play, and I just can't afford uh, the possible risk of disruption by getting close to certain people, because uh, I don't know who those people are necessarily if I'm early on in that call, but even if I'm not early on, I don't know what people might do down the road. And so, uh, how would you communicate to a pastor like that? And how would you tie it into disciple making and how um, that might impact that pastor's disciple making? This is what I would say is, is I would say the fullness of your ministry um, will never be realized until you make disciples the way that Jesus did and that Jesus modeled that for us. And so if you want the the maximum reach of your church and of your ministry it will require you to intentionally pour into people for the purposes of spiritual reproduction. And while it may be, there may be bumps along the way, there, there will certainly be bruises along the way. The, the reality is, is that the long-term fruit that you are seeking in your lifelong ministry happens one person at a time. And eventually, eventually, and this would be the, the, the encouragement I'd want to give any church leader is that if, if, as you make enough disciples, you will eventually have enough people in your church to pull those people into your leadership, and then you'll be able to create a culture that promotes authentic relationships. And so this is a, this is a long game, right? It's not a short game. It's a long yeah. game to make disciples. But my biggest regret of my first year at Restoration is not intentionally discipling people. My second biggest regret, putting people who weren't discipled on my leadership board. Huh. So it comes back then to Jesus-style disciple-making, uh, which isn't surprising, right? That's what we're talking about here. <laughs> well, that's what we're both passionate about, right? <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> but there's a reason, right? Because Jesus set an example for us of what it looks like to be a disciple and to make disciples. And if we want to diverge from his model, then we can't expect to have the results that that he had, 
right? We can expect only to have lesser results. The best way to make disciples who make disciples is to follow the path that Jesus set out for us. And the other thing I heard in, in your answer there, Tony, is, is the difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, Yep. right? So if I'm discipling people, in the midst of relationship, I will have conflict. That's just part of being in relationship with others. And if I'm only trying to keep peace and to avoid that conflict, we're not going to grow together in uh, depth of relationship. And we're going to leave a lot of value on the table in terms of becoming like Jesus. Mm. But if we can wade into that conflict, then we can really make peace together, right? True peace that uh, has moved through some of those relational challenges, some misunderstandings, disappointments, etc. Um, and so, just those two things, I think, is super valuable that you brought out there. That you know, Jesus style disciple making, and we really have to to lean into disciple making to make true peace rather than just keep the appearance of peace. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, okay, takeaway. Uh, you takeaway today. Oh, you doing it? Yeah, I, I was doing it. Yeah, I was okay. on it. Uh, I was excited love, about it. <laughs> well, it's good. You can't love at a distance. Um, you can't love at a distance, and you can't disciple at a distance. You can't love at a distance, and you can't disciple at a distance. And the action step, church leaders, pastors, friends who are listening, examine what roadblocks are keeping you from loving others well. What are the rough edges that you need to examine what are the spots in your life? What are the spaces that might be holding you back? Examine what roadblocks are keeping you from, from loving others well. Guys, we're so thankful to be on this journey with each and every one of you. Wishing you the very best of 2022. We know it's going to be a great year. Maybe this is the year that you step out and make Jesus-style disciples. And we want to be here along for the ride. Do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating or review on iTunes. It really does make a huge difference in helping others find the podcast. And uh, hey, don't be afraid to share this episode with a friend. We're thankful for you and we'll see you guys real soon.